0: The When Dating Hurts podcast is sponsored by Nom, Nom. I'm a big advocate for better food for pets. When they eat healthier, they live healthier. And Nom Nom's food for dogs is full of fresh proteins a dog loves and the vitamins and nutrients they need to thrive. Nom, Nom meals are pre-portioned for your dog's exact caloric needs. So it's the easiest way to take the guesswork out of feeding your dog the best. Just tell them about your pup, age, breed, weight, allergies, and protein preferences. Get fresh, pre-packaged, totally nutritious meals delivered directly to your door for even less. Order Nom Nom today. Go to trynom.com slash when dating hurts and get 50% off your first order plus free shipping. And Nom Nom comes with a money back guarantee. That means if your dog doesn't love each meal, Nom Nom will refund your first order. Nom Nom is real good food for your dog. Head to TryNom.com slash When Dating Hurts. So here we are, 16 years and about two weeks past the murder of my daughter. The notion that time heals all wounds is really, really wrong. One thing about that particular speech was that I found out a few months later that a woman who was a volunteer with the House of Ruth was murdered by her husband. I think the speech was in April, and she was murdered in August. I'm Bill Mitchell, and this is When Dating Hurts, a podcast dedicated to my daughter, Kristen, and all women taken from us before their time by the epidemic known as dating violence. I will speak with authorities in domestic violence, law enforcement professionals, families of victims and survivors, and actual survivors themselves. I thought I'd try something different this morning, and that is to record something as I take a walk. This is truly unplanned. The interviews I've been doing so far I think have gone well. And I do love talking with people who are connected with the domestic violence issue in various ways. I've been very fortunate, and I recognize it as that. I do not take it for granted that I've been able to catch up with and get the attention of law enforcement officers and domestic violence people, whether they are counselors or uh, domestic violence agency executive directors, plus I've also been fortunate to speak with people who are survivors and then parents of survivors and parents of victims. So each time someone says yes, I'm just thrilled that they'll not only speak with me, but they will allow me to record them and ask questions and, and then put it on the podcast series. So here we are, 16 years and about two weeks past the murder of my daughter. And the feeling overall, the emotional content, is really about the same as it always been, right from the beginning. I mean, that feeling that you are beset with something that's oftentimes bigger than you are, that's always there. And at the 16-plus year mark, I don't think that's ever going to weigh. Ever. I guess I never expected it would, but it hasn't. I know I mentioned this in the book, but the notion that time heals all wounds is really, really wrong. It doesn't. Uh, nothing's going to heal this. There's nothing that, nothing that can happen. No matter what, there's no miracle coming. There's nothing that's going to do this. And so I've found that, at least for now, the best I can do is take all this emotional energy and really find a way to direct it that I believe helps other people but probably also helps me personally. And that's why I do the podcast, that's why I wrote the book, that's why I've given the speeches. I didn't think in the early days very much about being some kind of a dispenser of information. I'm not sure when that actually began to occur to at least me. Maybe the first time was at the candlelight vigil, which was in November of 2005, so that was about five months after Kristen was killed, and that that only happened because we got up and spoke and the reactions were so strong and encouraging. I think the first time that I really felt that what I was thinking about doing could gain some traction had to be when I was asked to speak at a domestic violence agency annual luncheon. That was for an organization called the House of Ruth and that luncheon we're supposed to have as many as 800 people, which is a little intimidating to get up and speak about something that's so personal. On some days, it's hard enough just to get up and talk with a group of people, when it's four, five, six, ten people, let alone 800. On that particular day, they had 956 people, I was told. So that was, that was a big group. I didn't speak for very long. I had a prepared text, started with a video that I made that ran about five minutes, and then I spoke for, I think, about ten minutes. And I was told later on it went very well, it was very powerful. People really seemed to appreciate it. One thing about that particular speech was that I found out a few months later that a woman who was a volunteer with the House of Ruth was murdered by her husband. I think the speech was in April and she was murdered in August. And that really hit me hard. The idea that someone's in the, in the audience and that person's no longer living because her husband came home and killed her. That made it real all over again. Ten years after Kristen was killed was the first time that I actually started to write about it. So the first instance of doing anything like that was to uh, write some posts, kind of article posts, that I put on LinkedIn. I wrote those articles to see what it was like to actually sit down and write or talk about what happened. And I found that it was not that difficult to write. Of course, this is a tough subject, but I mean, finding the words and finding the thoughts turned into words was not as difficult as I thought it might be. I really held my breath, awaiting comments that people might put at the end of the articles, and I was pleased that they were all positive. The value of writing an article for LinkedIn is it's a large audience and there is no approval. So I didn't have to wait and see if some editor or some manager of LinkedIn had to read through it and say, well, you know. We don't really want to talk about this or this is inappropriate for a business kind of platform so I crossed my fingers and hoped and there really wasn't that many comments but what came back was very positive and some people said that it was good that I did this and that it could be helpful to parents so I kept writing them and I think I wrote as many as 14 over a few months and so then I looked at those and I thought This would be a big undertaking if I were to ever consider writing a book and someone actually wrote a comment saying why don't you stop writing these articles and just write the book. So at the end of 2015 I committed to doing that. So I kept working on the book starting at the end of 2015 and I kept at it. I didn't write it every day. I didn't get up and do four hours and then go back and edit and things like that. I I wrote about those things that I felt at the time that I wanted to write about. So I kind of jumped around chronologically things that happened in 2005 to things that happened in 2009 and back to 2007 which was the speech I told you about the 956 people. I just kind of went where I wanted to go. The one thing I did which I believe is something also you're not supposed to do is show it to people along the way. I wanted the reinforcement that this was a good thing I was doing and it wasn't a big boo-hoo piece, that I wasn't trying to encourage people to feel sorry for me and my family. I wanted to feel like, again, that this was something that, that people can learn from, especially when I'd been in contact with people at domestic violence agencies and started to learn some of the red flags or warning signs that can actually tip people off that, that this relationship that someone's having could be dangerous or toxic. And so I had heard enough of these. The foundation I was with wanted to create our own set of warning sign cards. So we looked at a lot of different warning signs and kind of edited them down and vetted them with people and came up with a list that we thought was airtight. That you could see the power and control issues and very real world, meaning people could, could read them and say, yeah, I know what that is. And and maybe I've even seen that type of thing. So we, we created that list, and that was very helpful. We put them on cards the size of business cards, so they'd be very manageable for people, and they could slip them in behind their protector on their cell phone, which a lot of people have done. Because if somebody's dating somebody, and they think that that person's abusive, for that abuser to find the warning signs cards is not a good day. Not a good thing and it can really amp up the abuse. And nobody who abuses wants to be called out on it. But little by little regarding the book, I tried different techniques, I tried different things, I tried different structures. I wanted to launch in early 2020, but COVID came along and we knew that putting a book out and encouraging people to read a book, no matter what it was, was not going to happen when people were glued to the TV trying to figure out what COVID-19 was all about and how it was going to take over the world. So I put it off and put it off. Then finally, at the end of April of 2020, just over a year ago, I finally pushed that button on Amazon and self-published the book. My daughter was murdered in 2005 by her ex-boyfriend. And no, time doesn't heal all wounds. Since those dark days, I have given over 100 speeches and interviews To be able to dispense such life-saving information, I needed to do a lot of research. Now it's all in one place. My daughter's story and our family's journey is now available in a book entitled When Dating Hurts, available only on Amazon in paperback and ebook. If you have a child, a family member, or a friend between 16 and 24 years of age, I suggest you give When Dating Hurts a read the information in this book has already saved lives. I've always loved podcasts, and I didn't know if I could do something like that, and I didn't know how to do something like that. When I made a list of those people I wanted to speak with and in interview, must have had about 25 people on there, and I contacted them, and I was surprised that just about everybody said yes. And that was also encouraging, I guess that With all the speeches and the book, I've built up a certain level of trust with people, which I take as such a huge responsibility. I'm sure with publishing the book and taking this whole thing extremely seriously, that I've built up a good level of trust with people, which I appreciate. So I will continue on with the podcast And if you know someone, maybe come to my website, which is whendatinghurts.com. You'll find my email address on there and contact me, and maybe we can do an interview with you or someone you know. You never know when someone is at that tipping point. You never know when someone's in that, that relationship that has a lot of problems, that has a lot of the warning signs of an unhealthy relationship. And there's potential danger there. You never know where it'll go but the warning signs are there to be seen and heard and read and known and whether you're helping yourself or you're helping somebody else you may not get a do-over you might not get a second chance. So often I've spoken with people who feel like this type of thing does not happen where they live does not happen in their area. It's not a rough area. And they're wrong. It happens everywhere. Not just the roughest parts of town. Not in just depressed areas. It happens everywhere. Domestic violence, dating violence is an equal opportunity issue. It can come and knock on anybody's door at any time of the day. So if you get a chance, let me know about this different form of podcast, which is just me talking. And if you think it's okay, let me know. And if you think it's not, please let me know. I thank you very much. Take good care. Keep your eyes open. And part of taking care is to know warning signs. Look them over. Read them. Commit them to memory. Share them with people you know, other parents. Share them with teens in or entering high school or college. And really beyond, because it can happen at any point in someone's life and really just be safe. We were caught flat-footed years ago. We didn't know anything about dating violence. We knew very little about domestic violence. Didn't know what the term intimate partner violence meant at that time. Never really remember hearing it. And now we know the hard way. So, look, thanks for listening, and uh, take good care. Bye-bye. One in three women will suffer serious physical violence in an intimate partner relationship. It typically happens between the ages of 16 and 24, but can happen at any age. We lost our daughter to dating violence, but if we had read a book like When Dating Hurts back then, we believe things would have turned out differently. Do your daughter a favor, do your family a favor. Dating violence is real, believe me, I know. Read When Dating Hurts, then pass a copy to someone who needs to see it. When it comes to something as insidious as dating violence, there are no do-overs. The When Dating Hurts podcast is supported by BlendJet. Big, bulky blenders are a real pain to use. But the BlendJet 2 blender makes blending a snap. I'm using mine several times a day. Convenience is the reason why. The BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It can fit into your cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. And BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. BlendJet lasts for 15 or more blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. With over 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from, there's a BlendJet 2 to complement any style. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Seriously, what are you waiting for? No other blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Head to BlendJet.com and use the promo code WENDATINGHURTS12 for your 12% off your order and free 2-day shipping. That's BlendJet.